Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Computer Weekly Downtime Upload Podcast. Hello, I'm Cliff Saron and I'm here today at the ServiceNow World Forum with special guest Ryan Kent from Manchester Airport Group. Ryan, well, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Cliff. Have you been? Very well, yeah. Um, it's um, it's dry outside in London today, which is you know for the start of uh, November, not a uh, not a bad result. So um, so yeah, very well, thank you. Um, pleased to be here. Yeah, uh, I understand that you were oh you you've been speaking at the keynote. You were you were the panel discussion during the keynote of uh, this conference. Uh, Service now World Forum London uh, 2022 even so uh, how what, what was your takeaway from that uh, the, the the actual panel session and what is being spoken about today in terms of Service now Service now has been around for a long time and I, I've written a lot about it. Uh, it's a very innovative piece of technology, but what struck you about the panel discussion today and, and, and how you've seen ServiceNow evolve? Sure. Yeah, I mean, first off, I'm really privileged to spend a bit of time um, um, with the, the team backstage before getting onto the, um, onto the, the, the keynote, and, and I think the conversation both there and then during the panel um, has really, I suppose, driven home to me how much ServiceNow um, as a product as well as a technology um, has evolved over mm. the years. Um, so, you know, m- my role is Chief Digital Officer um, at Manchester Airport Group, or, or, or MAG for short, because mm. everybody likes an acronym, of course. Um, <laughs> three-letter acronym. Of course, a three-letter acronym, <laughs> or a TLA. Um, but the, um, you know, we look after Manchester, Stansted, and East Midlands airports. Mm. Um, and, and, and ultimately, my responsibility is, you know, I explain it really simply, it's to digitise the airports, um, and, and whether that's creating digital passenger experiences, digital colleague experiences, or, or for our kind of airline and ground handling partners as well. Mm. That, that's my focus. And so... I mean, that's um, quite a big responsibility, <laughs> given that it's not just one airport, there's three airports that you just mentioned there. Yeah, exactly. And all all quite different. So it certainly keeps me busy and, and keeps me getting out of bed every morning with a, um, a spring in my step, um, which is important as we go into the kind of darker winter months. Mm. But... Um, you know, I think we have we have three very different and diverse airports as well. You think about what Stansted, um, you know, is the kind of the the London centric airport. Mm. Um, it's got a significant kind of low cost carrier base. Yes. Um, so you know, the 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 European hub effectively for some of those low cost carriers across um, Europe, mm. um, but with significant plans to grow um, and service other um, routes as well in yes. in the nearish future, hopefully. Manchester is a bit more kind of a full service. It's kind of three terminals, different mm. routes, um, long haul, etc. as well. And then East Midlands, which has, as well as a passenger um, focus, it's a big cargo business yeah. um, as well. So we, you know, it's one of the biggest, if not the biggest, cargo um, airport in in the country. Um, so so it, it gives us a, a real diversity of of of. of opportunity um, mm. as to how we think about digital um, and, and technology um, and, and certainly from a service now point of view we're, we're starting off that journey really focused on that digitizing the colleague experience it's interesting when talking about I mean I, I, I speak to chief digital officers and there's lots of different technologies that one can choose to go digital and you know the, on, on the one one side there's things like um, we, we write about uh, robotic process automation that that's an example of a technology that 
is being pushed as a way to do digitization and uh, you you have a sort of you know the whole load of other stuff you, you can buy an off-the-shelf package that you know I'm, I'm not going to mention any names but what they will sell you something of that course. will push you towards digitization or and it's interesting to look at ServiceNow and how that can also be applied to digitization. So I guess you know the, the story is. I mean, how did you, how did, when you have a selection of things that you could use, and people are shouting about all sorts of different technologies. We you know whether it's AI or RPA or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, this is the right one for this particular job, because everyone will say they do digitization. Of course. Right? Yeah, I, I mean, it's it, you know it, it is it's the age old headache, and it's a nice headache to have mm. uh, as a chief digital officer is is making that kind of technology selection choice. Um, I think. It, it, there's a couple of things I would say on, on that. So, so one is um, you've got to make sure you're picking the right tools and the right platform for the problem you're trying to solve. Yes. And that sometimes starts with have you, making sure you've really understood the problem. Mm. Um, and, and I think historically, whether it's you know our business right now or businesses I've worked in in the past, um, a lot of the time when you get to the end of a project and you perhaps worry that you've picked the wrong technology choice, actually the root cause of that is often that you've misunderstood the problem you're trying to solve in the first place. So I think being really clear on that to get to kind of start, get started is is really important. Um, and, and then in terms of then kind of, you know, I guess, why ServiceNow? Um, uh, you know, we're, we're here at the, the ServiceNow World Forum, so it'd be remiss of me not to um, <laughs> um, not to talk about why we've, we've, we've chosen the ServiceNow platform. I, I, I think there's two core reasons. One is um, the the nature of the platform is modular enough that we can start to get value from it incrementally. Mm. So I think one of the challenges with digital transformation, no matter what organization that you're, you're trying to do it in, is that it can feel overwhelming, especially when you've got an organization that's kind of heavily reliant on, on, on a legacy of manual processes, mm. perhaps has a very complex application architecture, which, which we certainly do. Um, and so I think I was absolutely looking for something that um, we could pick modules at a time that would deliver incremental value to the business. Mm. Um, and, and ServiceNow kind of ticked a lot of that box. I think the second reason is, you know, we've, we've got and we've built and we want to continue to build uh, a really strong working partnership with ServiceNow and then some of their delivery partners. Mm. Um, because I think almost as important as the technology that you choose is the team that you build around it to deliver that technology. Um, and I think in my career to date so far, you know, some of my biggest successes have been where the team dynamic has worked. You know, at the end of the day, and perhaps I shouldn't say this at the ServiceNow World Forward, like code is code is code, right? Mm. And, and so whether that code is underneath a ServiceNow platform or A, another platform, with certain limitations, you can generally get those platforms to do whatever business problem you're trying to solve. Yeah, but well, I think it's the, you know, the, the right tool for the job. Um, and it's really, I mean, I, I know that you, you mentioned that um, <coughs> ServiceNow is very modular, uh, so that allows you to do things in a, I guess in a, in a more structured fashion. It's, it's not a big bang and I, I guess one of the issues with um, digitization is that it's, it is a big bang, it's a change management and it, so it's hard to segment something into where we're going to do this and we're going to call this one step in our digitization strategy. Exactly. Uh, I mean, can you just talk through very briefly about how, how, how you approach that? Mm, so maybe let, let me let me talk about what, what exactly we're doing with that, mm. with the platform at the moment and, and the use case um, that, that, that we're solving for. So, um, you know, it's probably no secret to anybody listening, um, you know, we've just come through 
one of the more challenging summers in recent memory for the UK travel sector. Mm. Um, both airlines and, and airports and the surrounding ecosystem have been under immense strain as, as, as um, you know, travel resumed post the COVID pandemic. Um, and, and one of the challenges for us has been very, very plainly recruiting at pace. Mm. Um, and so, um, and you know, there's all sorts of, of reasons why um, that's been a challenge, whether that be the lead time on vetting, whether it be the, the hunting for talent in a very competitive um, um, employee market. Um, but fundamentally, what it shone a spotlight on for us was that our processes um, and levels of automation and digitalization effectively around our sourcing, recruitment, onboarding, um, new joiners process um, wasn't where it needed to be. Um, and so effectively what we are um, on a journey now to do is what I call our hire to first paycheck process. So from the moment that somebody says, I need to bring somebody into the business to do a role, to the, to the, to the very moment that that person's been found, interviewed, offered, vetted, joined, and been paid their first paycheck. Um, and, and moving all of that into um, an automated flow that elevates their experience as a new joiner, but also our kind of hiring manager and HR experience too. Mm. And, and so to your question on that kind of modular buildup, I think what's really important is that you look at the sequence of, of steps in that journey. You think about the process and the people that sits around it. You simplify and standardize that process first off where you can. Mm. And then that often provides a, a, a nice set of stepping stones that allow you to turn on parts of the technology function. Um, and that's one of the attractive things about what we're doing with ServiceNow yes. is you know, we launch Touchwood, we launched just before Christmas our brand new colleague service portal, mm. which actually has nothing to do with the onboarding process per se, but it's a fundamental building block. It's the layer of the new platform that we will then build the onboarding journeys on top of. Mm. Um, and it's also the portal that our new joiners will land into when, when they join. Um, our group so, so so that's kind of the approach we're taking if that makes sense yes yeah I mean I <laughs> I've got to ask this question Ryan because you know we're, we're coming up I guess last quarter we're getting to Christmas quite soon and uh, obviously in the headlines there's still the stories about one part of that process of the onboarding the vetting side is kind of like not going as smooth as it should and I'm not saying any specific airport but particularly with you know international travel and the security checks and whatever it's uh, it can become a bit of a problem, and it has been a problem certainly during the school holidays. Um, how, I mean, how has using this technology since you've started implementing it helped you to streamline that? So, so I think um, there's, there's probably two parts to the vetting side of things. So there's a, a level of vetting that we as the airport do, mm -hmm. um, both because we absolutely want to and need to and must, and also because it's regulatory. Um, and, and you know, first and foremost, at the front of my mind is that you know there's there's absolutely no compromise on that. That's a that's a national security issue that we have to take with kind of the utmost seriousness. Yeah. So so that first part that we control, which is the the basics really, have we got um, proof of where you've been for the past five years in terms of your employment, the usual ID checks, etc., mm. the basic DBS background checks that most companies do on on new joiners. Um, that's in our control to make sure that we've got the right workflow and automation around it. 
Um, and so actually that those investments that we're making at the moment are, are absolutely designed to um, A, give us the workflow around it so we can have the right insight as to where things are at. Because that's actually, to be frank, one of our challenges. Mm -hmm. Even before you get to automating in the truest sense, you're just making sure everything's in one place so you can see the waterfall of stuff in at the, um, at the, the front end of the pipe and then the steps it needs to go through, the documents that need to be provided. Mm -hmm. and, and creating that clarity for us as an organization to say, hey, you know what? There's 20 people here who haven't provided X document. Have we spoken to them today to make sure that, we, that it's on top of their priority list to give it to us because yes. it's holding up the whole process? So that in its own right, you know, that's, that's if automation's seen as a, you know, a scale from 0 to 100%, that's just 1% or 2%, but it's a massive marginal gain for us in having mm -hmm. that insight. So that's what we're really focused on in the first instance. Beyond that, then, is truly automating that. So actually, it's a case of saying, you know what, um, new joiner, we don't want you to give us a piece of paper with a photocopy of your passport on and a photocopy of your driving license, etc. We'd like you to upload it all here, taking a picture of it. And, mm. and yeah, so that's, that's, that's absolutely the next step. The final part of the vetting puzzle um, is, is the government kind of counter-terror clearance checks, yeah. um, where ultimately once we're happy with that person, then we effectively fill out a, a file that goes off to um, the, the vetting department in in one of the government departments. And I'm going to um, claim ignorance as to which one it is, actually, mm. at this hope, point. Hopefully it's not paper-based. Um, well, um, it, <laughs> no it's, comment, it's, I'm not going to comment too much on that, but I think it's safe to say that um, there's a, a, a significant amount of opportunity there, both mm. um, for all parties, because remember, it's not just the travel industry using this service. Mm. Government departments themselves have to vet people, yes. um, and that vetting process takes an awful long time. So when you think about the level of productivity loss across the UK economy, mm. um, you know, clearly it's, again, a national security mission critical imperative that these checks are done. So I think the question that um, you know I'm looking to partner with other colleagues across the, the, the industry on is actually making sure that we are explaining to government that they need to invest in their digitization agenda as well. Mm. Because if they can do that for us, then actually you know the lead time on a, um, a counter-terror turnaround for us you know, even with the pressure that's been applied to speed it up, is still north of two to three weeks. Mm. Which, when you think about that as a new joiner experience, bearing in mind that you know these are colleagues who perhaps are leaving other roles to come and work at the airport, we offer them a job, and then we say, but you can't really start that job properly until this process has caught up. Yes. Um, and, you know, and that's suboptimal for everybody, not just for our business, but also for the employees, and, and, and most importantly for us is if we don't get that right, it impacts on our passenger experience mm. because we don't have the right number of people in the operation. So that's what we are. We're focused on exerting influence, let's say. <laughs> so, so beyond this uh, sort of effectively sort of HR process that you've streamlined with ServiceNow, are, are there other things in the pipeline that you're looking at, you know, other opportunities where you, where you see it can be used? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the, the the ServiceNow platform, um, as the um, the introduction speech today obviously highlighted, is ever evolving, um, and, it, and I think you know you reference you've been following it for a long time from your perspective, and 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 clearly there's been a, a whole series of product innovations that have um, have built the product out through its various releases. I think the thing that we are um, we're going to be focused on alongside our HR journey is really stepping up how we use some of the core components of the platform. So our mm. IT service management, our IT business services, um, because again, um, 
I think it's fair to say that whilst we've had ServiceNow incumbent in that space for some years, we probably haven't leveraged all the value that we could out yes. of it, um, which is a common trait, I think, across quite a number of, of, of organisations. Um, and so that, that's absolutely going to be a focus as well over probably the next three to 12 months. Mm. Well, Ryan, thank you very much for joining, joining me today on the podcast. And thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.